Thursday morning already. Hard to believe it's Thursday. This week has flown right by and uh, just encourage you to be prayerful in it and uh, to be thinking of uh, the things coming up here in the not too distant future. Here locally, we'll be having a potluck uh, gathering on Sunday just to build relationships. That's the point. Um, and then we're only a little over, what, a week and a half away from Trunk or Treat. Is that right? Or am I, well, 10, 11 days, uh, Trunk or Treat, that's about right, a week and a half. So uh, I uh, want to encourage you to be prayerful for for that event. Um, it's going to be a different year, I think. Uh, and and I, I think that it's going to be a different year because of uh, 
get these little mustache hairs. Uh, different year because just of where uh, the economy is, culture is, society, but especially the economy, thinking about uh, some of the challenges that uh, people may face. I had a conversation with somebody about this yesterday, and uh, we we might need to consider how we you know how we pull back uh, the prudent, uh, the simple pass on and are punished, but the prudent uh, take warning. The prudent uh, look around at the circumstances around them and uh, take take it all into consideration. And I'm going to look up that word. In fact, it wasn't what I was planning to look at, but uh, the prudent. I'll bring that up. Um. Here, here's some some words about prudence. Let me uh, let me let me give some of these to you. Um, a fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Prudence. Uh, a prudent man keeps knowledge to himself, but the heart of fools blurts out folly. I mean, the the tendency to want to just blurt things out and. Uh, without thought and without uh, you know what the ramifications might be of sometimes when we blurt things out uh, every prudent man acts out of knowledge but a fool exposes his folly the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways but the folly of fools is deception uh, a simple man believes anything but a prudent man gives thoughts to his steps the simple inherit folly but the prudent are crowned with knowledge um, here's the verse I was going for. It's Proverbs, and those these are all in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. In fact, that is uh, Proverbs 22, verse 3, uh, as well as Proverbs 27, verse 12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it repeated twice uh you know there, there are some things repeated twice that or more uh, and this is uh this is one of those times uh, where we see things repeated so just to think about to, to see the danger take refuge uh and then amos uh verse chapter 5 verse 13 says prudent keeps quiet in such times that it, for the times are evil. So when the times are evil, that rather than saying more, sometimes the prudent say less. So just just the, the thoughts of prudence that I'm looking at um, here this morning, thinking about the days in which we're living and the times which we face. Uh, I mean, we haven't quite hit the winter season yet. We haven't quite hit when it's cold. We haven't quite hit when, you know, and some people uh, are resourceful or foolish sometimes maybe might be the case, but resourceful and figure out how to do what it is that they need to do. Uh, for instance, a resourceful might be working extra. Uh, that's something that sometimes people will do is, is pick up an extra job because they've got to pay the bills. And uh, um, uh, so that that's something that a prudent man might do or a prudent man might say, we well, you know with, with, with the situation being what it is, it might be best if we don't spend this money on X, Y, or Z, be prudent. Now, why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this uh, it, just in the sense of things coming up in, in the life and the ministry. 
that uh, you know, we, we may need to reserve ourselves more this year uh, in, in not only our ministry, but other ministries. And I know some ministries just, let's just plow ahead, you know, uh, which depending on their circumstances, that might be the right thing for them. Uh, we live in Waldo County, Maine, is where we currently reside, and um, uh, that's where this church is located, and that's where this ministry stems from. Uh, this ministry and other ministries of which we are part, at least at least one other ministry of which we are part, uh, actually two other ministries of which we are part, Waldo County. And just to bear in mind what Waldo County is like and how to minister in Waldo County um, and to be prudent, to, to think about the needs that people might have this year. Uh, let me let me show you another passage here from First John uh, chapter 3, and it's speaking about love for one another. Um, down at verses 17 and 18. I'll put this on the screen so you can see what it has to say. Uh, it says this. Uh, in fact, I'll begin at verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And uh, so the, the call to love, the, the call to love is a call to love in action, that we take action, uh, not just, well, I'll pray for you, which we should do that, but in addition to praying for people and their circumstances and their situations, uh, sometimes it, it calls us to take action and, uh, you know, uh, often calls us to take action. In fact, most often would call us to take action. If we're able to do something to help someone out, we ought to do that. So um, prudence, to be prudent in the coming season. I had a conversation yesterday thinking about what's coming at Christmas time this year and, you know, how can we do a an, an, uh, phenomenal job of ministry uh, in Waldo County at Christmas time uh, and yet also understand that we are on uh, a shoestring budget. Uh, and uh, what do we do? Well, there's plenty of things you can do without lots of money. You, 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 you there's lots of ministry you can do, and somehow along the line we begin to think, well, if we can't buy this and have that, then we can't do ministry. That isn't true. Uh, I mean, I could I, I could do what I'm doing this morning and every morning, Monday through Friday, uh, from my home. Uh, and, uh, you know, yes, it takes a little bit of money to have the Internet and have decent Internet like what we have here. Um so it doesn't have to take lots of money. Uh, yet we need money. We, we, we need to support ministries and, and things of that nature. But to begin with ministry to other people, to minister to the needs and, and the personal application and implications of this passage. And this these are not the secrets of the kingdom, friends. I haven't gotten there yet. This is all just introduction. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, 
How can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And life is is challenging. Uh, I mean, the word truth, how important that is. Um, uh, there, there are some ways in which I, I feel of I've been too simplistic about some things and and uh, just kind of take things at face value. We need to sometimes press in a little harder and um, sometimes get to the bottom of things. Truth, what is truth? And uh, I'm just kind of thinking about that because of a, a variety of situations um, in which I've been part of conversations and a variety of different situations uh, and the importance of truth. And, and when we, uh, sometimes what we will do is is we, we, we will tell, and you've seen me do this before, we'll tell this much of a story that is this big. We don't give all the facts. We don't give all the details. And by not giving all the facts and all the details and yet presenting that as the truth, uh, we're actually fabricating a lie. Or if the situation is, uh, this big and we tell this much of it, we embellish it, uh, that neither is that the truth. And oftentimes we will give people just what it is that we want them to hear. Um, and that, that just isn't truth. So we need to love in deed and in truth, uh, not just with words, but in actions and in truth to step up, to meet the needs uh, but but then also to learn uh, you know, how to how to present truth. Um, why am I talking about this? All comes back down to the, the needs of the day and the situations that people find themselves in. And yet it's hard. Sometimes we don't want to do anything because of all the scams that are out there, you know, and uh, you don't want to get pulled into that. And, you know, I get calls, you get calls, lots of us get calls about, you know, can you support such and such? And can you support such and such? And, and, you know, I, I had four or five different organizations call me, and yet the voice of the person calling always seemed to be the same voice. And they said, it seems like you're you're calling. Are you just working in a call center, working for a bunch of organizations? Or, well, no, I don't do Well, it's the same voice. Uh, what's going on here? We live in days that cast doubt. You know, can you trust your leaders? Uh, look at our government. Can we trust our government? Well, then, you know, I think about that coming back to things like uh, within the life of uh, ministries or organizations or or uh, social uh, organizations of which you could be a part. You know, the, the the need of prudence on our part to to foresee evil, to take refuge, not to be the simple who are pat who pass on. Uh, when I says pass on, it doesn't mean like pass away, but who keep going um, and suffer for it. We we need to have wisdom. We just do. All this is precursor. Lord, help us as we think about your truth to uh, be taught by you, Lord, and uh, to think about the days in which we live. We don't know what these next several days, uh, months will be like, Father, so help us to be prayerful, help us to be resourceful, help us to be prudent, uh, that we might uh, honor and glorify you, and that our lives might be uh, kept uh, in intact as well. So we look to you, Lord. Guide us, direct us now, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, that was all introductory.
16 minutes of introduction there. Uh, let me take us to uh, Matthew chapter 13, some of the secrets of the kingdom, things that Jesus had to say. He told in parables and secrets of the kingdom. And so we'll begin working our way through these today, tomorrow. Uh, it's Thursday already, and uh, we'll begin working our way through these and, and hopefully some things that will help us to to live our lives uh, as better followers of Jesus. Matthew chapter 13, the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him. He got into a boat, sat in it while the people stood on the shore. He pushed back a little bit to get some space. I mean, there, there are some studies out there that talk about by him sitting in the, in the, out in the water uh, it, it, on a boat. It, it uh, helped to amplify what he was saying. Um, there, there's some, at least some writings that suggest that type of a thing that, that he knew that it would help amplify his voice. I don't know. I, I haven't researched that. I, I can't say unequivocally yes or no to whether that's true. We just know he got the crowds were there, so he got a little distance between himself and the crowd, so he could maybe project better what he had to say. And it goes on, it says this, He told them many things in parables, saying a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has an ear, let him hear. Much in this parable, some people said, well, a good farmer wouldn't let his seed get scattered out uh, on the path or wouldn't let it let the seed go on rocky places. I don't know if you've ever done seed broadcasting. Uh, now, broadcasting to, to scatter, that's another word, to scatter seed. I, I have done seed broadcasting in different applications. Uh, now, when, when we were uh, planting fields, we actually directed the seed exactly where we wanted it to go into the fields through our grain drill. Uh, it dropped seed down in, into these little little rows, uh, and so there was much more measure of control in that situation. However, there have also been times when, like, you're, you're redoing a section of lawn or uh, along the roads, how, uh, especially along our road here, Route 131 in Morrill, as they've been digging out the ditches and kind of paring things back, well, then that what they do is they scatter seed and put, put straw or hay over uh, that seed to hold it in place, but it's a broadcast spread, and so that seed, some of that seed might end up on the road or on the, the, the berm, or some of that seed may have ended up in somebody else's lawn or or uh, up in the culvert or something because it's a broadcast. It's throwing it out like, like this, uh, usually through some type of a device, some type of a spreader. Uh, there's a little hand spreader that you can hold that you you turn the handle and it, it turns it turns the plate and the, as this plate spins it throws out the seed and, and scatters the seed and that that's that's what we're looking at here the seed was just being scattered the farmer was out doing his thing uh, and because of the the broadcast nature of the seeding 
the seed went in lots of places, and some people are kind of surprised by this, uh, and yet uh, it's, it's how it would work in, in broadcast seeding. So let's just pick up. He, he's speaking in parables. Uh, some The four places that the seed fell, some of the seed fell along the path, and then it says the birds came and ate it up. I mean, it just fell there, and, and that's why sometimes we cover over seeds so that the other critters can't eat it so easily. Uh, some fell on rocky places, so here's the path, here's the rocky places. It says it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because of the shallowness of the soil, it says when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, they withered, because they, they really didn't have any root. They, they couldn't get down and get nutrients. They couldn't get down and get water. Uh, verse 7 says, Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. It just, just overtook the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160, 30 times what was sown. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 8 talks about the production of a crop. To me, this is a passage that I will point to and did point to in my dissertation that I think the Lord's expecting productivity. This passage, John chapter 15, talks about this is to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Um, and so we are called, I believe, to bear fruit. And, and the, the seed that fell in the soil, some produced 160 or 30 times what was sown. And I come back to this, and, and, and I, I would just say to myself, I mean, what type of fruit am I bearing? Uh, am I bearing good fruit? Uh, am I reproducing spiritually uh, something in other people's lives? So that's a question that, that I look at, a question they ask, something they, you know, and I and some people don't like to be pressed with that type of question, but but we have to ask the question: What are we really producing? What are we really doing here? And sometimes we just kind of go along like everything is is fine and. And there's all of a sudden you begin to realize maybe things aren't so fine. Uh, we need to give thought to to what it is that we're doing. The disciples came to him in verse 10 and says, uh, why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has, will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak in parables. Those seeing, they do not see. Those hearing, they do not understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become calloused. They hardly see with their ears. I mean, hardly hear with their ears, uh, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Is, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what uh, you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Now, he's just saying, look, people harden their hearts. I'm, I'm speaking so that those whose hearts have been sensitized, those whose hearts are open, those whose ears uh, are listening, those whose uh, whose eyes can see, uh, they will be able to respond to the message. That's why I've given it this way. Those who don't want to receive it, who resist it, 
who who won't dig it out, who won't chase it down, who won't follow it through, who won't think it through, they're not going to get it. But those who have eyes that are open, ears that are open, hearts that are open, are going to understand and be blessed as a result. But he goes on further and explains to them the parable of the sower. And so let's let's look at the explanation of the parable of the sower, uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 and following. says this, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away and what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So just, just breaking that down. He hears the message, doesn't understand it. The evil one comes and takes it away. He, he may have been momentarily excited or she may have been momentarily excited about what they heard, but but as quickly as they've heard it, it is gone. It's just, it's just taken away from them uh, by, it says, the evil one. The evil one that takes it away. Verse 20 says, The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, since since he isn't taken or she isn't taken into discipleship, uh, or because they're unwilling to apply themselves to the study, uh, what he has lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, it quickly falls away. There's no root. Now, I just I want to say this. I was in a conversation uh, not within this week where someone was talking about the amount of work it takes to do the, the Jesus study. Friends, if we're not going to have the word taken from us, we have to invest ourselves. Uh, if, if we're going to have root, we have to invest ourselves. We have had generations of people who think, uh, and, and I know this is harsh what I'm about to say, and I know that, but we've had generations of people who fed themselves on uh, uh, daily bread. And the daily bread's okay, but it should be supplemental to, to deeper study. Uh, it should be su- supplemental to uh, other listening and to other learning. Uh, it, should, it should be inspirational. Now, it can be more than that, but if we want to be solid, if we want to be uh, theologically astute, if we want to have um, have the strength that we need in the Christian life, if we want to have the, the true biblical Christian perspective, that is only going to come as we invest ourselves and develop roots. This person, the one that received the word with joy, it says that it lasted only a short time because there was no root. We have to dig roots in our lives, and it takes work. It takes effort. It doesn't happen by osmosis or by reverse osmosis or anything like that. It takes effort. Verse 21 said this, because he had no roots, it lasted only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Then it talks about, uh, in verse 22, the one who received the word that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. Now, notice what it says. 
the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Uh, I mean, that, that is something to chew on. That This is something to, to meditate upon. This is something to think about. You notice the two W's here that, that were in the passage. One, one W was worry. The other was wealth. Now, it, it isn't saying that wealth is bad, but we get deceived by wealth. We, we get hungry. We've got to have more and more and more and more and more and more to the, to the point where all of a sudden we are not taking care of ourselves spiritually because we're chasing after wealth. And, uh, you know, I, I have to wrestle with that. I, I don't think I'm chasing after wealth as much as just trying to catch up for 35 years of uh, uh, maybe not having had the opportunity to uh, invest in, in later years. So we're trying to make up for a lot of lost ground. and uh, but, but even that can be deceiving because how much can we really do? and keep focused. And uh, so the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it out, making it unfruitful. You know, he hears the word, the worries of this life. So um, worry can choke it out. We, we get all uh, consternated and all wrapped up in things that sometimes we have zero control over and we're worrying about it and worrying rather than worshiping. Uh, and Yet because of the worry or because of the situations, uh, whatever life is in us gets choked out. Um, but the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times. We need to hear the word. We need to understand the word. We need to think upon the word. We need to grow in the word. We need to apply the word. All these things are true if we're going to bear the fruit that Jesus wants us to bear. Now, another aspect of this that I just want to bring out to us is, is this thought. Sometimes we, we get all worked up over people that fall away. And, 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 and to a certain measure, I think we should. Uh, and yet... Uh, Another reality is sometimes there there is nothing that we can do to to change the circumstance for somebody uh, because of where their own heart is. We cannot change other people's hearts. We cannot open other people's eyes. We can present the truth and pray that their eyes will be opened uh, and their ears will be open, that their hearts will be open. We can do those things, but you know some people are shocked when when when. Somebody begins the road, and, and you know, you look down a couple months later, and all of a sudden they've fallen completely off. Jesus talks about that right here in the in this very passage in, in Matthew thirteen that there will be those uh, who's uh, who from whom the seed will be taken. Satan will take it away. There will be those uh, who will lose the seed because of trouble and persecution. Uh, there will be those who. Uh, who don't bear fruit because the worries of this life choke it out. Um, so we have to think about uh, where are we? Uh, what's the nature of our heart? Uh, and, and the secret is uh, have a good heart. The secret is uh, take in the word of God. The, the secret is get rooted in the word of God. The the secret is don't don't allow the worries of this world or wealth or 
health or all these other situations to steal from you the truth of God's word. Well, that's just one of the parables that Jesus told, one of the things that he communicated to uh, to his disciples and to the other listeners who were listening to him and for us to just evaluate our own hearts. Like it said in the comments, Chris Colsey saying, we have to invest ourselves to Jesus. We do. We have to invest ourselves in our spiritual lives. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just come automatically. We we have to work at it to get ourselves rooted and grounded in the faith. And I pray that you will do that. I pray that I will do that. Lord, help us today to invest in our spiritual development so that we can be in you and for you all that you intend us to be. We look to you this morning, Lord, and ask you to work in our lives, um, ask you to stimulate us on to love and to good deeds, um, help us to to demonstrate love in tangible ways, uh, and Lord, work in our hearts, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. I will let you get into your day. I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.